welcome back to the Barks Out of the Moon podcast. <laughs> Don't sound I so love excited. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Here's more, right? Um, we did about 10 the last time of, of oh, these wow, kind of, okay. yeah, not, not so much myths, but just things that people have said to me over the years. And I've just, you know, there's a collection. And actually, since the last episode, uh, I've got more. So they're, they're being added to oh, it. So, but I know you're, I know you're, <laughs> very uncomfortable you're still fucking <laughs> collecting them, are you? Yeah, of course. Anytime anyone says anything just weird, I'm just like, God, what? Where did this come that from? That would be a great one to challenge on with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you need challenging, you know. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't have enough challenge in my life. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. Okay, right. Here's the next one, right? So um why do some dogs like to roll in things? Like poop? Hmm. Well, poop. The carcasses. Uh, anything <laughs> any, anything All that the they gross can find. Things. Yeah. <laughs> so um there has been a little look at this. I remember reading David Meech work quite early on. Dave Meech work who Dave Meech was like this hero guy in terms of wolf biology. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the stuff we talk about in wolves today is founded in his work. Now there are lots of other really important wolf biologists as well, but Dave mm-hmm. Meech is definitely one of those um, yeah. people that we talk about a ton. And he had looked at some work with, uh wolf family groups in relation to like different strong scents Mm -hmm. and he found that even putting down you know kind of fragrant things you know to humans that some individuals be really attracted to that and would roll on it and then he noted that when they returned to their group member to other group members there was this like huge kind of social interaction and everybody'd be you know it I presume exchanging smells, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it's a bit of a way of kind of letting everybody else know this is where I was, this is what's going yeah. on in the world, you know, and then it seemed to be quite an exciting kind of a lot of greeting behavior, a lot of peasing behavior, a lot of pro-social behavior surrounding this. So it seemed to be a pretty arousing kind of thing for them. Mm. Um, and so I guess it's going to hark back to that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that our dogs, some dogs do it. I mean, I've had dogs that never had any interest in it and mm. i have a dog right now who is one of his main interests in life actually is rolling in oh, yeah, really Maggie smelly things mm. yeah so like fox poo is a favorite any poo actually mm. is a favorite i will say mm. um particularly seagull poo and fox poo are definitely the top you know winners <laughs> on that list oh yeah because yeah, they're really super strong and oily and really difficult mm. to get out of coat um yeah so those ones tend to be the top you know most popular ones but he'll roll in anything and he rolls in general so there's obviously like a lot of sensory kind of feedback in relation to that too so it's all it's all a lot of fun um mostly smelly things now you know he's really short-coated and he will just Mm. go into any water so i don't really kind of worry about it Mm. but i can imagine that if i had a dog with like beautiful luxurious coat that i had to maintain and do a lot of work to manage right Mm. i would probably be less although she she does rub it around a lot around her mm. kind of chin and oh and, yeah they love it on stuff, the face yeah. and neck yeah yeah, yeah yeah seems to be the the places to do it and she's yeah, like look what i found <laughs> look mm. what i found i, I guess there it. i guess there is some social significance yeah to it, you know they, if we talk about yeah about, they come to you, know, you covering yeah. it and you're just like mm. gross and they're like what do they're you mean s- yeah. yeah they're so happy 
of their achievement. (laughs) And then you'd spend ages washing it off and they're like, God damn it, that took me ages to find. Yeah, all my hard work. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. I, I do remember, I do remember reading stuff, but this was a long time ago and really dog training lore rather than oh, actual yeah. observations that, you know, that dogs would do it. Dog, dogs that weren't very socially confident would do it. So in okay. those days they would be called like submissive dogs or whatever. Oh, yeah. um, and that they would do it to kind of enhance their smell. And I guess there could be, you know, because it'd be, yeah, 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 a little bit, um, you know, but I guess there could be, it, it could function like that for some individuals or in some contexts. But if you can imagine mm. that there's social significance to it, well, then there has something to do with that. Yeah, with yeah. It, you know, um, whereas, you know, my dog, Decker now he's a very socially confident individual so I can't imagine that he would do it for that and I tend to feel that this is more a sensory experience for him because he'll roll otherwise as well yeah, he'll roll he rolls anyway in- Mm. Yes, just in life, um, you know, not <laughs> rock and rolls. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that too. Um, but like he'll roll, you know, and, and, yeah. and for other reasons when there isn't smelly things present. Mm. Um, yeah, so so it's it, there's probably some social significance to it. There may be it may be kind of it. it, it oftentimes, behaviors will exist for some adaptive reason, as in there's yeah. an evolutionary benefit to it. And then they become specialized and kind of ritualized in social interactions. So I guess there could possibly be some evolutionary significance to it in terms of, you know, being able to gather information about the world around you and possibly exchanging smells. So you're leaving your body smell behind and you're taking on this other smell mm. um you know so there's some that there probably is social significance to it and sensory significance to it mm. um so if that's ve- not vague enough <laughs> i think that's <laughs> we'll leave it at that <laughs> no nice I, it's it's gas because obviously we would have a lot of labs retrievers or lab mm, retriever crosses yeah. and they do like a role um so it's bound to happen um fairly regularly with with our pups and people just ask why you know as well you know but you've obviously heard about the ketchup thing i've never been i've never actually done it but a lot of people swear to put ketchup on which apparently uh, i think that comes from skunking doesn't it yeah i don't know the dog is where skunked. it originated from but yeah uh, i think so that apparently you would people use... swear by it that it works i don't know yeah i've not done it because like i say my dog just goes in the sea and sees no hair so it's like yeah. not a big deal yeah imagine with a golden retriever though yeah and they bloody love it yeah (laughs) of course they do yeah absolutely spread it all around right down to the skin yeah delicious (laughs) yeah (laughs) there you go see that was an easy first one right oh thanks okay so this is obviously one that we've covered in previous episodes and in a roundabout way but it's something that i hear still quite a lot um not as much nowadays thankfully but still people will bring it up about their dog or a dog they know you know plotting revenge (laughs) against you know because they've had something taken away from them or they've been left on their own or whatever it is and they do have they that ability to think right well you've just done that to me i'm going to get you back um probably not i mean like i I would have a lot of people would talk about you know that their dog is sulking Mm. after something has happened you know i left them alone or like that i took something off them Mm -hmm. or i told them off and they're sulking or they're not talking to me or you know they've when i've left them they've peed in spite 
out of spite because I've left them alone, you mm. know, all these sorts of things. So I think it's pretty easy to say those sorts of things. And usually I would say that there are more, um, you know, straightforward ways of explaining behavior, I guess. Mm. Um, I think that, they're, they're, you know, dogs are relatively simple, rel- mm-hmm. and I mean that relative to human cognition. Yeah. They have lots of skills and talents that we don't have mm-hmm. or we have just an inkling of. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not to say that they're better or worse or we're better or worse, but certainly it's different. Yeah. And I think there's a, a lot of moves to try to... Um, you know, there's quite it's quite fashionable right now to study canine cognition for lots of reasons that mm-hmm. I won't go into. But, um, I, you know, I've not, <laughs> I've not, uh, I won't give you the whole history of the field um, <laughs> in this podcast. Um, but <laughs> um, I've not really seen a ton of convincing, valid, foundational procedures there mm. just yet. Um, I think dogs probably are somewhat sensitive to social inequality i think this you know so what we might refer to as jealousy so we'll label it from our human bias point of view right and that's not necessarily what the dog is experiencing but uh, you know and the other thing is is how would we know what the dog is experiencing right um so it becomes these kind of explanatory fictions you know that Mm. it's very like i can't prove that that's not what's happening and nor can you prove that's what's happening so we're kind of at an impasse here that yeah it could be that or it might not be that Mm. um so i prefer to stick with you know this old saying that if you hear hoof beats it's probably horses not zebras Mm -hmm. so this sort of idea so i prefer to stick with observations of behaviors and what is the dog doing and Mm -hmm. then matching that with the context so we get an idea of how does this behavior function with for this dog yeah and you know if we're seeing dogs after something has happened so after some social interaction that we've maybe had with them where we've maybe scolded them or take you know, taken some you know taken something off them or done something that might yeah. have caused them some sort of social stress i'm going to suggest that that lack of behavior them doing less than we might expect them to do um is probably related to you know them being overwhelmed by um, you know, some stress, some fear, yeah. um, some anticipation of some aversive yeah. interaction. It, it, dogs are very easy to intimidate. We have selected them to be very easy to intimidate, you know. Um, so here, take our shit, you know, and love us for it. Mm. Um, so I think there's a lot of that about. So I don't think dogs are are plotting. Um, no. <laughs> uh, some sort of revenge I don't think they're behaving out of spite I don't think they're taking some great personal offence because these are all we would have to presume that dogs would have to have some sort of human standard yeah. moral imperative mm. and they're just not going to have the same morality or rules no, for living as we would it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well mm. they're just different like yeah. we just talked about rolling in poop yeah. right and that would be considered absolutely normal dog behaviour and what we do whereas that would be considered really weird and very inappropriate culturally to us right um i'm sure there are human civilizations out there currently historically who do things like that and that's fine more power to them Mm. um let them them away not for me (laughs) but again culturally unacceptable to me um but to our dogs would be absolutely a fantastic thing to do and would you know, not be a worry at all. And, you know, so I think we're probably um, kind of ascribing way too 
too much upon our dogs and in an attempt to kind of excuse ourselves as well right so so when we have to do that when we have to look at what the dog is doing what's in the context surrounding that mm. oftentimes those are going to be things that are our responsibility and so yeah. you know it's easy to deflect yeah, yeah. onto the dog who can't argue back yeah, yeah. <laughs> so easy. Yeah. um you know so we can skip out on our accountability too so I would say no, no, <laughs> to Excellent. that one. Pretty yeah. much, <laughs> pretty much, okay. pretty much a no. Awesome. Even though they probably are capable of lots of stuff that we don't know about. Yeah, of course. And yeah. um, they're amazing in all of these other ways. Yeah, just without that. it. Uh, yeah, without it ever having to be relative <laughs> to something they do to us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but I don't think that's happening. No. Okay. Well, obviously, um, most of us will know the answer to this one, but I have to. Oh. I put it. Yeah. Maybe I won't. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So he's still here at a lot, you know, um, dog, you know, dog park talk and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Well, you know, this dog is doing this because he's not taking you seriously and you need to be more of a boss with the dog. Uh-huh. The dog needs yeah. a boss. So do uh-huh. I need to be the boss when it comes to my dog? Oh, God, you can call yourself whatever you like. I, I, I'm at this point of my life where, you know, <laughs> I'm just like, if, if you need that, if that's the framework you need to work within. Mm. But like the truth be told, you know, this whole kind of misogynistic hierarchical idea mm. is 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 rampant within mm. dogs and, yeah. and, and animals, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Biology. <laughs> I would say the entire field. Oh, well, there are some fields more so than others. And and, mm. and uh, it's very special in biology. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, so so that's where this has all come from. So this sort of idea. So, uh, no, not really. I mean, what sort of relationship do you want to have with the, the dogs? And, you know, mm. and then we get into euphemisms then because then people will say, oh, well, dogs need leadership. And you're just going, well, it's, you know, a rose white call by any other name. And, <laughs> uh, um, you know, so like... Uh, I, I worry about the connotations of using those terms yeah. because really we've just said it in our last little bit there, you know, dogs are easy to intimidate mm. and we've made them that way. Mm. Like what a species we are, you know, humans are gross, right? Mm. We've selectively bred this dog, this animal to like us despite what we do to them, mm. you know, and uh, that's not across all of the selective breeding that we've done. There are tons of dogs that we've s- selected well, not intentionally selected for that and mm. they don't really care about us <laughs> uh, as a result, you yeah. know. But still, the very heart of it is, is if we're, where we've, we've selected for them to be more social with us than they are with other dogs and mm. they're more cooperative with humans than they are with other dogs and more cooperative uh, with humans than, um, you know, than, than other dogs are with other dogs and then wolves are with wolves, you mm. know, and all this sort of thing. So, and that's, that's we've done that. Yeah. And then we turn around and say, oh, well, actually... They will take our intimidation. So you have to, you know, up the dial on intimidation. Um, and, you know, and then you will have a dog that's, you know, in our eyes, well behaved. And what you have is you have an animal that's not, you know, comfortable moving about or doing anything so demonstratively uh, because mm. we've, we're the scary monster, you yeah. know, and um, we've set that up. So. You know, and then that will often be kind of qualified then that, well, certain types of dog need a harder hand, uh, right? Yeah, so you'll, exactly. you'll get that as well then, well, won't these you? These people you... usually have those types of dogs if they're telling you, look sure. how my dog is. 
because yeah. I am the boss of him. Or yes, yeah. yes, yeah. And often they're they are talk they're often talking about dogs that maybe come from a more kind of guarding kind of background, and yep. certainly dogs where we've selected for them to maybe be less suspicious, be more suspicious, mm. sorry, of other people, to be less tolerant of, um, you know, social pressure to move forward, uh, when there's social pressure exerted and things like that. Mm. So certainly it might seem that we need to face that, what we're recognizing or, or interpreting as aggression with more aggression. And I mean, where does that get you? You know, again, think about what relationship do you want to have with this mm. wonderful, amazing, uninhibited creature that mm. you've chosen to have? So it's not like your family, <laughs> you kind mm. of have to have them around you and you can't really choose them. You've chosen this wonderful individual. Mm. What's sort a of relationship? would you choose what sort of relationship would they choose yeah. um and i don't think and i and i often think that people don't even realize that they don't mm. realize that what they're doing is exerting social pressure yeah. they don't realize that they're intimidating um the individual uh, dog you know and i i think that's because we're clouded by our cultural view of dogs mm. right that if you know it's some success criteria for success if you're able to so-called dominate this dog or mm. this dog shows so-called submissive behavior towards you mm. when actually the dog is being really socially skilled they're showing appeasement behaviors to try and socially negotiate with mm. you um you know they're experiencing this high level of social stress because that, that's what we see when they show these behaviors you know and we have Again, to reduce our accountability, we have kind of reframed that as some successful criteria for living yeah. with dogs. Humans are gross. I say it so often, <laughs> um, you know. Um, so like what relationship, what sort of relationship do you want to have with that individual? Mm. I certainly don't want to have one where this weird idea of respect, you know, this dog should respect me. What the hell does that mean yeah. um, you know like it's just you know yeah so no no I think is is easy enough on that one yeah um, but like we do have to be good teachers yeah. right but good teaching doesn't require intimidation I think we have no. those things are skewed for us culturally mm. aren't they yeah that we think of like you know that the teacher must have the respect of the pupils and all of these sorts of things and I, I you know that definitely appears to be the pressure in a kind of hierarchical organization mm. right so maybe we should be thinking about different systems yeah. and maybe you know did anybody actually you know when, when people say things like that that it's modeled on these sorts of things did you actually enjoy that experience do you enjoy no. working under those kind of hierarchical conditions no. nobody no matter what they say what, nobody likes yeah that. right apart unless you're on the top right uh yeah so unless you're the one manipulating all those below you mm. um so like but nobody's actually the, the underlings aren't actually enjoying that no. so why would you want to replicate that if you don't have to it's weird but, yeah no, well i think it's human it's it's a mm. very kind of weird tr cultural transfer you know mm. um that's terribly anthropomorphic and anthropocentric which of course is again why humans are gross but um yeah no like I, I think we need to look at becoming better teachers yeah i think um i can't i think it might have been sophia in years ago she and um do you remember that movie i actually watched it with you guys you you screened it years ago um, oh yeah do you remember uh, chad that? chad <sighs> 
Chad something. This, Chad is, this is great podcasting, you see? This yeah. is brilliant, isn't this it? This is why when you don't let me prep, this is <laughs> what like, happens. I just brought it up and now I can't remember I the name of it. But yeah. it was, I do remember I, what you're talking about. Yeah, we, we, we watched it in a group and it was loads of us from um, my previous place of employment went Life. to watch it. Yes. And it was very cool. And she said in that movie, I really liked it, um, that it was more like being a leader in a dance with your dog rather than being the, you know, do this, do that kind of thing. And it was really cool because actually if, yeah, in dancing it is, it's obviously like, um, uh, you're coexisting together and like leading each other, obviously taking, Uh taking, um, yeah, you know, cues from each other. And that's, it's, it's, I'm, I'm liked it much more because it kind of, um, explains to people, how you can still do it, but in a gen- much gentler way um, and get the same and outcome. A more yeah. effective an effective way, way. Right? yeah, exactly. Because it's actually teaching rather than just shutting down behavior. Yeah. So, and so when you say that that's a dance and you take cues from one another, that's yeah. literally how teaching works, right? So mm. everything is an antecedent, everything is a cue. Yeah. So I do behavior and my dog responds to that. Mm. My dog does behavior, I respond to that. And around and around we go, we call it loopy teaching yeah. uh, because it just works in these loops. Everything is a cue. So so the example that I'll often use is that we think we're so-called training the dog when we say sit and the dog sits and we give them a treat. But actually, from the dog's point of view, they're operating their environment, operant learning, they're operating their environment. So the dog sitting is a cue for us to re- to make a treat available yeah. so I, I'll say things like, you know, oh, the dog is saying, how do I get this stupid human to throw a hot dog for me oh I just sit they're super easy (laughs) to train I I just sit when I sit they toss hot dog you know um so so and it's this dance of communication this cueing system I loved this I loved how she described I thought it was very cool Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of a lot of her stuff was very cool obviously yeah sure yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah. absolutely um a great loss yeah to our community I feel really sad for sure um but yeah, so, okay, so no, no bosses, everybody don't need bosses. Yeah, get over yourself. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. And what Stop it, being so human. A lot, yeah. That's what I would say. And a lot of, obviously, I'm surprised to hear it, a lot of, that's a lot of guys would, would, would be the ones that would, would have that sure. outlook, but yeah. not just guys. I've heard it from. Oh, absolutely. From, from female, oh, yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Doggy yeah. people yeah. too. Um, absolutely. But anyway, yeah. Okay. Not gender specific, but we definitely no. associate that. And do you know what? And there's it's, there's probably some stuff here that I can, um, you know, slightly reduce some of the blame on boys, on the male of the mm. species. Men tend to be naturally intimidating to dogs. So mm. so it's easier for them. Right. And this thing of the dog shut, shutting down makes mm. Make is is very reinforcing to the intimidation. Yeah, right. Yeah. So so mm. men are taller, bigger, squarer, louder. They tend Lower to voice. be more direct. They mm. tend to loom. Mm. You know, they naturally. Now, not all men, obviously. No. I know many women that are like that too. But in general, <laughs> right? And women tend <laughs> to be too. smaller, round, yeah, yeah. <laughs> smaller, rounder, quieter, right, and more side on, and all mm. of those things, right? So they tend to be less intimidating just mm. naturally to dogs right but the thing is is that the a man might not know that that's hap- that's what's happening they yeah. might not be aware of themselves they see that the dog doesn't do the barking lunging jumping up with them mm. but does that with the wife or the daughter or the whatever um mm. you know female in the dog's life um and So they go, well, okay, well, what I'm doing is working, right? That's reinforcing for them because they see this 
effectiveness. So it's really difficult for us to for people to understand that that's really hard it's and that's what i mean by it's not necessarily intentional so i don't want to ridicule people i know we're kind of giggling our way through this but it's not about ridiculing it's about maybe stepping back and going oh maybe that's why the dog doesn't tend to do that when he's here but tends to do it when i'm here and i tend i i generally believe that the more behavior we see even if it's behavior we don't like Mm. the more behavior we see usually indicates the animal is more comfortable Hmm. because fear suppresses behavior yeah. if you're scared of the world around you you're likely to be less demonstrative because mm. you don't want the monster to find you you don't want to draw attention to yourself mm-hmm. so i think that's and i would say i see that disparity a lot when i work with um couples made up of a man and a woman yeah i tend there tends to be a lot of that yeah. and there is a little bit of a you know this has been strongly reinforcing for the man um and so you know they're they're i'm going to come in and say well this is possibly why this is working and that can be really difficult to take oh, yeah. you know so of we, we we spend a lot of time on those sorts of things you know mm. um and talking about that and that, that the dog does the silliness with the woman mm. is is not that she isn't dominant enough no. or she isn't the boss enough or she isn't assertive enough mm. or whatever <laughs> word you want to insert in there, <laughs> uh, whatever persuasion you have. But um, it's that the dog feels a little bit more comfortable, less intimidated. Yeah. And there is a little bit of data to suggest that whatever women do in their interactions with dogs possibly contributes to lower stress so there's a little bit of Hennessy work that's looked at that with uh, dogs in a shelter environment mm-hmm. they found that uh, the dogs were, were likely to show less biomarkers for stress they were particularly looking at cortisol I think but I could be wrong mm-hmm. uh, because I'm not allowed to prepare for this so nope. I could be totally wrong um, and <laughs> um, so that, that was kind of like late 90s maybe early 2000s work um, and they kind of concluded that really men need to get you know, kind of petting and interaction lessons from women um, to help right. the dogs become more comfortable, which I would yeah. agree with in general. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of my life. My it's life's not work, surprising. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so there, there, we do have a little bit of data supporting that, but I would say that it's probably because of that, you know, men just tend to be, just how they're made yeah. tends to be more naturally intimidating. Yeah, so. and of course they it appears to work, so why yeah, wouldn't they continue so to do it? If, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Behavior, reinforced behavior is repeated. So yeah. Yep. Tick. Okay. Yeah. Right. This, done. <laughs> <laughs> this one again, I know it sounds probably made up, but it's not. This actually oh, happened. God. So oh. a lady came in to us where I used to work and she okay. was told that she needed to surrender to her dog. And we were uh-huh. like, Oh, obviously no, you know, no room. What's happening? Um yeah. And I don't know whether it was her husband or somebody anyway had said this, this um, particular dog was a terrier and it had eaten, it had mm. grabbed and killed something, oh. not right. eaten it, sorry, but I'd tried and they got it off them, but it was something <laughs> small and fluffy and it killed it, right? Some like sort of small animal. It was or? a small animal of oh, yeah, some okay. sort. Um, and anyway, this uh, lady was petrified now that the, her dog had tasted blood that mm. it was now some sort of werewolf that had changed killer <laughs> and that was it the dog has okay. uh, what she said was uh, had, had turned okay oh. so it was very were- werewolfy right now obviously this the lady was genuinely <laughs> really upset and scared because somebody had said you need to get rid of that dog now because this is the the beginning of the end has a taste for blood now (laughs) 
Okay, so <laughs> if a dog tastes blood, mm. does that change him or her going forward? Um, I don't think so. I mean, there's lots of dogs eat all sorts of bloody things, right? Yeah. Uh, like meat, I guess. Yeah. And a lot of dogs eat raw meat yeah. and other things um, that would have blood mm. in it. Um, and they don't tend to go around... I don't know, eating children? Is that the fear? Where does this go? Where is the cutoff? What's the... I, I think I, it was a Yorkshire terrier. Oh, my God. So teeny tiny. Yeah, yeah with yeah. a little bow on its hair and everything. And oh. I think the lady just thought this right. little thing would never hurt a, f- a fly. Okay. And obviously, these types well, of dogs... Well, Yorkies are dogs. They, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they like to, to chase mm. and grab and... Absolutely. And th- yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah. But... I think Delicious. just so horrified at the whole thing mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that. I can, and yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. Again, our expectations of dogs are so unrealistic, right? Yeah. That, you know, again, we've selectively bred this animal for tens of thousands of generations. And then because we want to put bows in their hair, we're like, no, you can't do that stuff anymore. Sorry. Mm. Uh, you know, so if we take terriers, you, you know, little ratting dogs that were made to um, kill other animals. And yeah. that was... That was their job. Um, You know, various sizes of animals kill them in various different ways. Often terriers will have this complete predatory sequence present. Mm. So they will go right the way through from all of the hunting processes right through to catching, killing, butchering, essentially, Mm. and uh, consuming. So not so again, when we selectively bred to produce dogs to make to do different jobs for us, we're selecting for and against various what we call modal action patterns. So kind of inbuilt behaviors. And one of those that we use to illustrate this idea is this predatory sequence, which is, you know, kind of tracking, stalking, Mm -hmm. catching, killing, um, and lots, you know, there's lots of behaviors in between. Uh, And if you think we've, we've enhanced some of those features for some dogs to do our job. So, so the, a good example of that be like those hard eyed herders, like border collies, right? Mm. So you see that stalking and mm. moving right into the face of like sheep or whatever. Mm. And, and that, that staring and stuff like that. And all Very of that's intense. kind of enhanced, right? Really, really intense. And all that's kind of enhanced stalking behavior. It's enhanced a part of the predatory behavior, but we've actually then inhibited through selection. Uh, we've inhibited other parts of that. So we don't want our border collies, for example, killing the, the sheep that they're mm-hmm. herding right so we don't want them gra- and lo- lots of them do bite them mm-hmm. um and lots of them will grab them and things like that but we mm-hmm. don't want them doing that bit so we don't want to, them doing kill bites we don't want them you know doing all of that mm-hmm. end of stuff mm-hmm. right so because we always, that's not what we want and indeed we've selected against that actual part in a lot of the dogs we've used because uh, that we've you know that we've selectively bred to, to use mm-hmm. use the right term right for a job yeah. because we 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 want them to catch food for us to eat Right. So we've, you know, we've inhibited. But if you think about these small, short leg terriers, Mm. what we actually want, we want them to be small enough so they were agile and able to go in, you know, down holes Mm. and under fences and all the rest after vermin. Yeah. What what we call vermin again, rodents and and, and, and animals like that uh, against terrible language, isn't it? Uh, To describe living things. But, um, um, you know, that's what we developed them for. So Mm. we want them to kill them really, really fast and really efficiently and then move on to the next guy. So we didn't want necessarily want them eating them, um, but Yorkies would have been in there, and their the ancestor breeds to Yorkies would have been, you know, doing that job very efficiently, and they're yeah. still 
uh, ratting packs today that will go that farms will um, hire, for example, or plants will hire uh, in places where they can't set down poison, where yeah. uh, traps are too difficult, and they, these dogs are incredibly efficient mm. and um, very fast killers. It's a, a probably a more humane death, is it? Yeah. Uh, then I'm going to say than poison, it's certainly, because that's yeah, gross. It's pretty yeah, terrifying, really obviously, but, a rat, yeah, but yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but very fast. Yeah. I mean, these animals, these dogs mm. are incredibly efficient. Um, so, I mean, there's no good way to, to do it, right? But um, mm. I don't know. Anyway, that's not the <laughs> that's not the argument we're having. No. So I can totally understand why people would be horrified when this yeah. happens. And definitely I I've had people... still see her face. Yeah, oh yeah, like, distraught. Oh, my dog is gone. Like, this is, it's almost yes. like a changeling situation. Her dog is gone, so their demon has come in in its place. And of course, no, not at all. And it's Mm. really difficult then to kind of say to people, that's normal dog behavior. Even if we don't like it, it's still normal dog behavior. And it shows that there's this disconnect, isn't there, between us having an understanding of what dogs might need um, and what we're actually providing them with. So that Mm. dog is telling us what he or she needed bow yeah. or no bow yeah. uh, in their hair yeah. they were all terrier and I, I do tend to find that with Yorkies that there's a lot of really great like you see I love a terrier right the terrierists <laughs> they are my jam I love that absolute enthusiasm to the wall and yeah. no inhibitions and yeah. wanting to kill what to see what to get, yeah kind of... yeah that's all out there and then you know you add bulldog to that and i'm in heaven right <laughs> so you just that tenacity with yeah. so much just muscle until and, the very yeah end. exactly yeah. velocity <laughs> yeah. i think is a good is a good term yeah, to describe yeah. it yeah. Um, mm. um you know so and again yeah, um, my dog has killed um rats and mice and squirrels i'm sorry to say yeah well um, maggie would too if she ever caught uh, what yeah. she'd like to catch she would have killed lots of things but um yes right she has the speed you see she, well she caught it and she did catch a chaff, chaff inch before i think it's oh mentioned yeah okay and in, in, in a previous podcast maybe or maybe not but yeah she i remember I in the garden one time when she'd caught out it. of the air it was just on the grass in front of her oh, and she just decided birdie. Yeah, I'm gonna lunch, and then she just held it, and she was looking at me, and we both of us were looking at each other on the grass, going, <laughs> "What do we do next?" Oh shit! Because I was not expecting that. Like she never right. would even. It would always be just you know cat squirrels, rabbits, the, the the kind of usual stuff. But she wouldn't chase flies or anything like that. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and I was like, "Oh no, no!" And the the yeah the the chaffinch's wings were coming out either side oh. of her mouth, so oh, she was just holding it. Yeah. And then she was like, I caught it. Look, I what caught do I do it. Now? What do I do now? And I was like, oh no. So uh, obviously let her, she she let me take it from her mouth and then I had oh, to good. put it. And the bird actually, I think in the end, yeah, there was one other one. We had plenty of birds that that uh, that um, didn't make it in that house. Mm. Um, but, uh, but that was from flying into windows. But that particular one oh. was just in shock and uh, yeah, ended up being okay and, and, and flew off. But Oh, good. Yeah, the lady that we had gotten her from when we adopted her, she mm. had been told by, uh, she was out and um, some people had kind of approached her about uh, wanting the dog for different reasons, right? Oh, and yeah. they had said, oh, Lamping it looks, something. yeah. And uh, she had said, oh, no, she she doesn't like, she, she the way she described her anyway, that she, she um, when she 
grabs things or whatever she doesn't kill them or whatever and they said oh yeah that's called a soft bite that's actually really <laughs> handy for what we mm. want and she yeah. then she was like shit that's that was i shouldn't have said that <laughs> so and then and i understood what she meant by the soft bite thing because that was the only thing really i ever saw her catch that you know and obviously she has tried on a, a, a number of occasions and been really close to catching mm-hmm. um things but never thankfully it's caught anything but yeah it's normal like we we'd have some of our pups over the years that have eaten you know sick or injured birds in the garden and people yeah. die it's like, oh my god what's gonna happen it's yeah. like well nothing you know we have to keep an eye obviously because if the bird was sick or injured or um you know they they, they might get sick themselves oh or yeah whatever, the worry know. is that they've taken in poison or yeah something, you know, know yeah, but, but um, yeah. yeah other than that no yeah. One, yeah so i think there's some interesting things there because what you illustrate there with maggie is her holding her the bird in her mouth yeah. and kind of not going any further and that shows possibly where portions of that predatory sequence have been inhibited yeah. mm. uh, you know as in she doesn't go any further mm. with that um and she doesn't you know complete the job if you like yeah. um oh and then her previous <laughs> owner saying that then as well right yeah. um and yeah because you either want them to not kill them or to kill them really fast yeah. and be done with it and yeah. you not have to deal with any aftermath yeah no, that's definitely animal, yeah, exactly. yeah 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 um but hmm. I, I think it's really interesting how we tend to classify dogs because we'll say things like oh we'll talk about like prey drive whatever the hell mm-hmm. that means um or we'll say oh, this dog is really kind of strongly predatory or mm-hmm. not or whatever and what that actually means because um you know it's it's poorly defined we don't really have an idea of what that yeah. is and also we might not know until the dog has had an opportunity right so mm. if the dog has never had the opportunity to engage in any of this yeah. stuff people may never have observed it and mm. not really know about it so you know so there's differences in lots of dogs and this hasn't been well studied so i can't say that this is going to generalize across the population of all the dogs but i find that there's often differences in dogs that are really interested in toys that says they'll chase toys they'll do all the predatory stuff directed at non-prey items so like Mm. toys or versions of you know non-prey items um or versions of prey items right Mm. so and they'll do all of those behaviors so they'll do the chasing they'll do tracking they'll do biting kill biting grabbing you know head shaking Mm. they'll tear it apart they'll dissect it they'll pluck Mm -hmm. it they'll um you know this is all a toy like of Mm. some description or whatever or they'll carry out those behaviors directed on you know other things like cardboard boxes yeah yeah right something that decker destroyed this evening (laughs) for example right so yeah 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 yeah. just ripped it to shreds (laughs) broke off loads of pieces and that was it and then just walked away um you know killed it i've done it um and that's i find this really interesting because all of these are kind of these ritualized versions of of real behaviors so are these dogs practicing this as in Mm. it's kind of play type you know it's it's practicing this in a safe way so that if they ever need it that they're going to be able to do the thing and i would say that most of those dogs probably never whether they have the opportunity or not Mm. may never actually carry out that full Mm. behavior so right through to dissection for example on so so they might chase a squirrel but then that's it yeah yeah you know whether they don't perfect the ability to chase or that they're just not fast enough mm. or they just don't have the opportunity or they're just not that bothered yeah right? yeah, so, how, yeah. You know, so i i don't we don't just don't have enough information as no. far as i know on any of this sort of stuff you have to get it um, too wouldn't it yeah it would be really difficult mm. you would need such a huge array of dogs and i know there mm. have been attempts looking at like x racing greyhounds and things like that right. and again for these dogs 
like who are very strongly selected for just yeah. one aspect mm. of this predatory sequence, which is the chasing bit. Mm-hmm. Run really fast. Yeah. That's what you do. So it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. There's no kind of selective efforts put into whether they do a lot of tracking uh, at the beginning or whether they do a lot of killing at the end. Mm. Right? It doesn't matter because we've selected them for one thing, and that is run fast mm. from point A to point B. So do the chasing bit of the predatory sequence. And that's why we will have such variation within that population. Some dogs will chase and go right through to the th- the end game. Mm. One dogs will chase. Some dogs will chase. And you'll see them if you watch Greyhound Racing. You'll see them some chase and then they get to the end and they're kind of standing around yeah yeah, yeah yeah you know the lure is whatever i don't really care so mm. there's th- that i find this all very fascinating because i, I spend a lot of time talking about this and then i'll also what i'll also say is because these are modal action patterns right and we've spent a lot of time selecting for these tendencies and different types of dogs and i'm not talking about breeds necessarily but broad types right mm. so that means that when the the, the brain is in high stress right yeah that it the the access to the thinking part of the brain this cortical part of the brain is kind of inhibited mm. and they're left in this limbic system where these modal action patterns live mm-hmm. and we wonder then why dogs that are super aroused let's say in a dog park or a day case daycare scenario mm. end up biting other dogs yeah. or chasing other dogs mm. or picking other dogs up mm. carrying out predatory behavior directed towards social mm. um, entities, right? And we have this name for it, we call it predatory drift. Mm-hmm. So where we say that, oh, the behavior goes from social to predatory. But I don't know that that's really a thing. We don't really have any, again, don't really have any documented mm. evidence for something that we talk about as fact mm. in dog training, which is the usual way of it. Um, <laughs> okay. um, you know, but this idea of really high arousal, high stress, and the dog then showing behavior, these modal action patterns. So showing these behaviors that these inbuilt predatory yeah. sequence behaviors and in the type of dog that i tend to work with they tend to go for biting and holding mm. right so they bite and hold something mm-hmm. whereas sight hounds might go for that biting over the top of the back mm. god i see them do that in dog parks all the time mm-hmm. or in parks or in daycares and it scares the bejesus out of me because mm. uh, it's real predatory behavior mm. right and you're like how much of this are you directing toward another dog should you be doing that mm. right is that good rehearsal um practicing catching killing other dogs i'm not sure that's a great idea mm. um you know and, and then associating that high arousal with the dogs and this being practiced all the time Ooh, kind mm. of gives me the willies sometimes yeah um with some individuals well yeah yeah um so it's a really weird one because i don't think we have any concrete answers and i will also say that i have a dog who does all of the he's very into showing full range of predatory sequence thing with toys non-food items right or Mm. non-prey items should i say um you know and does all the chasing stalking tracking dissecting ingesting you know uh, (laughs) and he shouldn't be doing those things um all of us right Mm. he does the full gamut loves to be biting and hold things will show full kill bites with like big um like you know with jolly balls and things like that mm. um and uh, and all those sorts of things and 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 it absolutely fascinates me and we, we always said about decker that he wasn't terribly predatory right that he mm. didn't seem that interested in chasing um other animals and things like that mm. and then when I, I what i soon learned was was that actually what he was he's very distinctly predatory but he really only directs that full terrier thing when he thinks he has a chance of success 
Yeah. So he's killed he's too lots. Smart to right. <laughs> he has he's super mm. smart and he has killed lots of mice and he's killed lots of rats. Uh wow. unfortunately. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but so only small and fast, yeah. Right. But only really so what mice really only goes after them if you can corner them so you can get them. Mm. And he kills them with his front teeth. Teeny tiny little baby front teeth and just wow, appears to, I pres- yeah, I presume bites through the spine, I guess. They die really fast, like they're just done mm. uh, really fast. Um, <laughs> and with rats, will pick them up by the back and I one shake, shake of his head, mm. just one, and it's just, we're just done. Yeah. Uh, and then moves yeah. away. Has Now, with mice, he will stand over them and watch them as if they're going to get up and he's going to go for them again. Rats, he tends to move on. He's also kill squirrels. Uh-huh. And I would have always said that he wasn't kind of fast enough or bright enough to do these sorts of things, but shame on me. What he's done, I have observed. Now, I can recall him off squirrel, so I don't let him go and do this. These, this happened when I wasn't expecting him to be able to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And it just kind of happened. And I was like, holy moly's. Yeah. Um, what has happened there? And <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so what he does is with squirrels, it would only really interesting going after them when there's lots of trees around. So he doesn't really go after them in the open. So I think he recognizes he's not fast enough for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what he does is he'll run straight between the two trees. Mm. So he doesn't go after the squirrel and the squirrel then doesn't know which way to go. Yeah. And he just turns and grabs them. Brilliant. So Developed smart. an entire strategy. Unbeknownst to me, this was happening. So smart. Um, yeah. And does it and real fast. And, um, and we'll kind of stand over squirrels a little bit as well after mm. he's done. Now they would be, generally would be kind of slower squirrels i can't imagine a squirrel in the full no. fitness of his health either a baby guy. or no. an older one yeah probably yeah, yeah maybe older they definitely look kind of well fed uh, <laughs> so maybe a little bit slower all i know about squirrels and yeah but so and i would have said and this is a dog who i can recall off squirrels mm. off full chasing i can recall him off, i can send him you know uh, after squirrels and recall him uh, <laughs> I, I can recall, recall him away from, from deer things, no. yeah I can recall him away from deer from bunnies oh from no. all of this sort of stuff so we I, and you know and I always thought you know that's a good job but he's not really a terribly predatory animal um, so you know so like don't be getting too big a, a training head on you there um, but actually <laughs> he's quite predatory and just only is a killer really um and hasn't like you know, has hasn't and and socially in social situations with small animals so has met bunnies, pet bunnies, and has met pet cats, for example, and lots of small dogs and big dogs and all the other dogs, and has always been very socially appropriate with them. Yeah. And so it's it's a very interesting thing that has really sparked my interest now because this dog has totally warped what I thought I might have known about predatory behavior in dogs but actually turns out we know next to nothing about predatory behavior in dogs um and there really is no data but it's a really interesting one why were we talking about this oh yeah so (laughs) (laughs) so this hasn't happened to decker since he tasted blood basically no 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 so yeah so the this that whole like that whole notion is absolutely no sense to it but at the same time we want to kind of look at well how appropriate is their predatory behavior because if they're directing predatory behavior towards other dogs Mm. or towards children Mm. or towards bikes Mm -hmm. are they directing predatory behavior towards those things Mm. is the first thing i might ask and i might ask is this dog just super stressed like over aroused in this context so they only have modal action patterns to go to so that's why the collie is heard appears to be herding the children or the bikes or the cars or whatever and nipping or whatever Mm -hmm. is that what is it predatory or is it that high stress 
So I would argue that dogs being you have evolved from pretty efficient predators, right? Because mm-hmm. you would have to be efficient otherwise you die. Um, that you wouldn't be redirecting real true predatory behaviors in I'm relying on eating this thing, you know, yeah, to yeah. live, consuming, um, towards non-prey items. But then has selective breeding, has our selective effects, has that messed that up, mm. right? So that's entirely possible as well. Yeah. Or and what I believe it is, is that the dog is super duper stressed because a lot of these dogs that end up chasing that looks like predator chasing these kind of border collies that end up chasing um, cars and things like that, for example, mm. which is a really common one that I see. Yeah. Um, a lot of these dogs start when we go back, go back through history. A lot of these dogs sh- are showing fear related behavior, either going out or being out or being around them. Mm. And then they'll kind of bark and lunge and the cars go away. So this behavior becomes really functional Mm. and then they kind of get this chasing boat because they're kind of stressy. They get this chasing kind of starts to build into it. So it's kind of that's very typically the development of it that I found this weird out slightly out of context predatory chasing, but Mm. not really predatory and more so stress related. So I have no answers for you, but I, you know, (laughs) I think we have to take all the answers at the same time, but all of this other crap that you didn't didn't ask for, but (laughs) as usual. Um, But um, I would say to the woman with the Yorkie, I would say that's pretty normal behavior. And if you have a Yorkie, prepare yeah for carnage and we don't know in the end we were stuffed to the gills as always so we couldn't take Mm. the dog anyway yeah 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 um, yeah. but would have explained all of this uh, Mm -hmm. to the lady and and told her to go to go back and reconsider and we never heard from her again so hopefully okay yeah hopefully the dog stayed there with a bit of luck but you never know yeah um Right. Okay. I can like, and I can totally understand how that would be horrifying and scary. Oh yeah. And you know, this, I, this idea or this image, hmm. you know, of, of how this dog is sweet supposed dog. to be your eye, your eyes. Yeah. And again, can still be your sweet dog because behavior is con- contextual. So of can absolutely still be your sweet dog and love yeah. you and be brilliant with your children and be brilliant <laughs> with your family and be brilliant with other dogs, but want to kill mice. Yeah. that can all happen that can all be true at the same time yeah, exactly the perfect dog <laughs> yes yeah. indeed there heaven uh, yeah that's brilliant well you see i know you always dread these but you see they're quite yeah, fun aren't they them. and they're so, going yeah, fun no, come on yeah, that's been fun. fun yeah it's wonderful yeah, so we got through Next. another few there so okay. um we do, do have more there there are more yeah uh-huh. it'll probably oh, be cool. a never-ending list but um right. yeah <laughs> so i think we got through a good few there um uh, for for this one but we'll be back and do more in another little while how about that cool yeah I'll trick Great. you into more it again. torturing and yeah fantastic we'll just change the name of the podcast to that yes yeah. please do <laughs> cool alright well sure Brilliant. thank we'll you we'll talk to you again soon thanks Emil and bye alright bye bye <laughs>if you enjoy the show remember to please subscribe to the podcast leave a rating and review and recommend it to your friends and family to help us reach and help more people and their dogs also please give us a follow on twitter at barkside pod and also on instagram at barkside pod to help grow our online community look after yourselves and your doggies thanks again for joining us and we look forward to seeing you here again real real soon